Welcome back to Yang Daily. I'll be your host, Alex Cheney, bringing you all the Yang news you need to live your life right. We've got another combo episode today. We're tackling a comprehensive look at the impact of stimulus on the economy, as well as a couple of interesting new developments. Let's get to it. Quick shout out to our Tier 3 patrons, Peter Park, Shay Meehan, and Nathan Stankowski, as well as all our other patrons. You keep us all informed and engaged. If any of you out there want to join these advocates of humanity first and independent journalism, head on over to patreon.com slash yangdaily. It would only take a couple of bucks a month from each listener to keep this podcast and community going and growing into the future. Now on to the news. Big news in pandemic relief. Multiple sources are reporting that Biden plans to have the U.S. government purchase and donate 500 million doses of Pfizer vaccine to 92 countries that are struggling with limited supply. This may seem like charity, but it's really self-interest. The faster we get COVID under control globally, the slower the virus will spread, evolve, and circumvent our vaccines with new variants. The Biden administration's green regulations have also helped bring a long battle to a close after years of court battles, climate change, and environmental activists have won the fight to kill the Keystone oil pipeline. With solar and wind power now cheaper than oil and electric vehicles due to replace combustion cars and sales over the next decade or so, it really wouldn't make much sense to be investing in oil anymore regardless. Alright, so let's talk stimulus impact. The U.S. Census Bureau regularly conducts a survey of common Americans to get a sense of economic conditions, and they've turned up remarkable changes that seem primarily due to cash stimulus. From December 2020 to April 2021, the period in which the largest stimulus checks were passed, frequent anxiety and depression fell by more than 20%. Households with kids reported food shortages dropped 42%, meaning 5.2 million children escaped poverty, and financial instability fell 45%. Now that is what I call results. This is not precisely causal, of course, as there are many factors at play, but the researchers at the University of Michigan's Poverty Solutions Department find that the changes in data are very sharply correlated with the passage of each bill, and all signs point to cash aid being the main driver. In fact, they're quite effusive in their praise and attribute the impact to all the elements in common with UBI. Quote, We believe the response was effective because it relied primarily on a flexible resource in cash transfers. Rather than provide targeted and in-kind aid, the government provided cash directly to American households, allowing them to use it to meet their immediate needs as they saw fit. Another characteristic we believe made the response so effective was that it was broad-based, Typical safety net programs are targeted at the lowest income households, often stigmatizing these programs and breeding resentment for recipients. Perhaps because of the broad nature of the relief, we see hardships decline for middle income as well as low income households. We also see that the federal response was very popular among Americans. The federal government used a flexible, broad-based, quickly deployed cash-based safety net The evidence suggests that doing so went a long way in preventing widespread hardship. The success of this approach is worth learning from and building off of in the months and years ahead. End quote. Well, that all sounds very familiar. It could not be more of an argument for UBI. But the effects actually go beyond just preventing harm. 
another strange phenomenon, at least partially due to the stimulus, was a big boost to rates of formation in startup businesses. Startups always suffer in recessions. This time, they grew at record rates. Quote, a surge in startups signals growing confidence even amid a wave of small business closures. Filings to start new firms among a subset of owners who tend to employ other workers exceeded 830,000 through early May, a 21% increase over the next highest year on record. The pace of weekly business registrations more than doubled in the months after the CARES Act was signed. Registrations rose again by 60% around the supplementary aid package in December. Coinciding with the third stimulus, registrations are up by 20% so far. The pandemic may mark the end of a slump in entrepreneurship that has lasted several decades. Job loss, shifts in how people work, and a big influx of federal spending could prompt disruption that changes how people think about work and what they want to do with their lives. End quote. Again, too many factors for this to be a certain causal relationship, but researchers find extreme correlations between the checks and the changes in business formation that strongly suggest them as the cause. But wait, there's more. Stimulus has also flipped the script on debt. Normally in a recession, of course, personal debt spikes upward as people can't afford to make their payments on mortgage, credit cards, and other loans. This recession has been the most severe since the Great Depression, and yet, personal debt has decreased. In fact, household debt reached the lowest levels since the first record in 1980. Why? Stimulus checks and unemployment insurance boosts. Americans reported that paying off debt was one of the common uses for their stimulus checks. Or, as even IRS Commissioner Chuck Reddick is now calling them, even at the Senate Finance Committee, the Stimmies. The IRS has always referred to them as economic impact payments, but Reddick says they're affectionately referred to on the street as the Stimmies. It's official. Anyway, low debt correlates with more spending in the economy, but savings also rose. Quote, Americans were saving at an annualized rate of $2.8 trillion in April, twice as much as before the crisis, positioning them to spend lavishly as the economy reopens. End quote. Between record low debt and record high savings, financial security boomed, and we're seeing those savings convert to a resurgence in demand right now. Low consumer debt and interest rates was good for loans as well. Banks and other lenders were weighed down by bad loans for years after the 2007 to 2009 recession. Now their loss-absorbing capital is the highest it's been since records began in 1996. This leads them extremely ready to lend. All of this has come together to create a record, if uneven, recovery. Quote, Last spring, economists worried that it would take years for workers and businesses to heal. They now expect the economy's size to surpass pre-pandemic levels this quarter. Analysts project that by the end of this year, GDP will reach the path it was projected to follow had the pandemic never happened, and then exceed it. End quote. And all of that is before the new and UBI-improved child tax credit has its say. None of this is to suggest that there are not many people and businesses still suffering. But this is what investments in the American people paying off looks like. Let's do more of it, starting with monthly checks to everyone. You'll find all of this, sources included, in the thread below. And that'll do it for today's Yang Daily. Bookmark and share the vaccine donations, Keystone Pipeline, and Stimulus Impact thread 
flood Congress with calls, tweets, faxes, and letters using the ResistBot or Income Movement Easy Contacts below. If you need help, consult Humanity Forward, the Income Movement Aid Database, the Mission Asset Fund, or United Way, and don't forget to Yang Daily.